Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to From the Newsroom, the Holland Sentinel's weekly-ish podcast. Today, I'm joined by uh, executive editor Sarah Leach. Hey, Sarah. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, we are joined also by digital editor Brian Vernellis. Hey, Brian. Yo. And business reporter Cassie Lybring. How's it going over there, Cassie? Sup. <laughs> Today we're, we're going to do a little bit of a different podcast than our usual, you know, breakdown of just one story. This is a part of a series that we've been working on for a few weeks here called Life After COVID. And when we started thinking about this series as an entity, we really kind of thought about the the idea of COVID-19 and, and the pandemic being this sort of historical demarcation of pre-pandemic and post-pandemic and how those eras will be different. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things that we talked about as a staff is it's it feels a little bit like how there were pre-September 11th things and then post-September 11th things. Like it would be a little odd beforehand to take your shoes off at an airport. And now we don't even think about it. That just, you know, stuck around since then. So, we're going to talk a little bit about what some of those things we think will be in that series, whether it's, you know, new things that businesses came up with to adapt that may be sticking around, like maybe a little bit more robust outdoor seating at places, um, you know, from that to everything to how recruiting of high school athletes has has changed in, in that era and, and sort of everything in between. So I wanted to ask you guys what some of these things are that, you know, as we return to air quotes all around this normal, <laughs> you're you're most excited to to get back to or, you know, have happen again in your lives or society. So Sarah, do you want to want to start with that one? Well, I cannot wait for children to go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> um, as some of you might know, I am I'm I, we went the remote school route with our two oldest uh, school age children, and although I think that we have a, a pretty good setup here, where where my children are getting adequate support, it it is not the same, and um, I, I just think that they're really they're maintaining their education, but they're not really, um, you know, excelling. And so that's, that's difficult to, to accept. It was a, a risk that I was willing to take in the beginning of the school year, because obviously there were a lot of unknowns, but I think that that's the thing that I am most excited about. Um, but I think that there's, yeah, like you said, there's a ton of things that we're going to see that are, are going to stick around. I think that in, in relation to the education stuff, that there will continue to be a remote um, option in many districts because I think that this actually works quite well for a lot of families. Um, 
I would not be necessarily one of them, but <laughs> but I, I think that it's it's really kind of opened the eyes to some of the educational leaders to see, you know, okay, maybe we need to think a little bit outside of the box and kind of forced them into the next evolution of modern education. Absolutely. Yeah. Brian, what are you most looking forward to going back to normal? You know, I'm a bit of an introvert anyway, so I'm kind of liking this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, a good night for me is reading a book and playing PlayStation. I mean, I, that'll get me. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought a new bike, so I've been going out for bike rides. Yeah, I'm like, this isn't so bad. I mean,. I understand the severity of it and, uh, um, you know, the precautions that have arisen because of it, because of the severity, but, you know, I'm kind of digging this. I don't mind. It's kind of like that Twilight Zone episode where he's the last guy on earth and now he has time to read all the books. There you go. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, then he breaks his glasses on the last scene and can't read the mm -hmm. books anymore. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> You know, um, I am, am uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to be able to go out, um, you know, into a restaurant or bar setting. You know, there are those that are, they're open now. Um, I think they're at fifty percent. Is that the number? I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I've been out to stories to, to get photos for everyone. Um, you know, whether at a restaurant or. Um, a shop or retail or something like that. And it'll be, it'll be nice to be able to, uh, to find that, that um, familiarity of going back to a bar or a restaurant yeah, absolutely. Uh, with a one. full crowd or enjoying music. Oh my God. I, that's the one thing I really miss is going to see live music. And uh, I think that'll be, uh, or, or going to see a, uh, just going to see a show. That's the one thing I've really missed. Yeah. What about you, Cassie? What are you looking forward to most? You know, there are a lot of times where I'm like Brian and that I would just want to stay inside and play a good video game or read a good book. But, you know, I miss going to the movie theater. I miss um, like having a date night with my husband and going to get like popcorn and soda and watching some dumb movie you've never heard of because it's just a way to get out. Um, and I definitely missed, um, being able to go to like white caps games. That was a big thing that we, we love to do, you know, just to get out and have that feeling of other people around you and to not feel anxious about it. Um, and then, you know, I had my son at the onset of the pandemic last year and there's like family members that he hasn't met yet because it's not safe until they get vaccinated. Um, and then my parents live on the other side of the state. They're about four hours away. And so trying to go visit them or have them visit us and have things to do um, is is definitely something that that I will be happy to see return to normal. For sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Cassie. I think one of the things that I'm most looking forward to is being able to see those extended family members and especially I, I have some some elderly relatives in in another state which has been really challenging you know because some states are are more more forward in in vaccines than others so you're all kind of trying to figure out where everybody's at and that has been um challenging to navigate so it'll be wonderful when you can not really think about it and just 
you know, go see grandma or go see an aunt or, or something like that. That's for sure one of the things I'm looking forward to most. All right, so I know that for the most part, <laughs> to, to um, understate it ridiculously, the pandemic has been by and large a bummer. <laughs> but, you know, there are some things that I think people have, have adapted to and become normal that we might want to have stick around for a little while. I know for me personally, it's sort of wild for me to think that we all just got in an airplane and breathed each other's air when didn't wear masks in that very enclosed space. I mean, I pretty much always just plan on getting sick after traveling in an airplane. I mean, even to let, I'll bring, you know, vitamin C packets and whatever, and I still just always kind of get under the weather when I travel. So I would be completely fine <laughs> with everybody wearing masks on airplanes all of the time. Like to me, I'm like, oh, this is a good idea. We should have been doing this before. Uh, does anybody have, have another thing that they hope maybe sticks around for a while? I love the ability to work from home. Um, having a baby that I don't have to put into extremely expensive daycare is, uh, really what makes it possible for my husband and I to do what we do. So having the flexibility to work from home and having it be more socially acceptable to have your kid like babbling in the background and it's not like super weird or unprofessional, you know, like there's just this understanding that's starting now where people get that like women especially have multiple roles to play in their lives and it doesn't necessarily have to be completely separated. Um, so I love being able to both be a professional and be a mom and not have to, like, it's okay that that line is blurred a little bit instead of having to live two completely different separate lives. Absolutely agree. I think that um, I, I spent, you know, so much time in my car um, and you guys even more so because you're going out on assignments and I'm often just going to the office, um, you know, just commuting from, from Grand Haven and back. And then you, you have to drop kids off at daycare. Then you go to work, then you have to, you know, have like all of these meetings. I, I, th I feel like even though we are in the, the era of zoom and teams, I still had more meetings before I, I, I was kind of met to death. And if it wasn't in-person meetings, it was conference calls and there were, you know, so many. And, and even though, yes, I think it's, um, it's a little bit exhausting sometimes um, to meet through the computer. I still think that we're we're a little bit better at how we're using that time um, and and being a little bit more um, pointed and, and productive with what those conversations are. Like, wouldn't you guys agree that when we would have our meetings, we would we would have meetings daily plus an additional weekly meeting, and I think that you know um, we would. They would tend to be a lot longer because you know you're socializing in in the midst of also having um, a work meeting, and so I kind of feel like we were were a little bit more efficient with our time, which has been um, you know that's one one bright spot that I've had because I have uh, so many meetings to begin with. Yeah, I'd agree with that, especially you know obviously we lose a little bit of that camaraderie of you know right. cubicles and you know all of those those fun things that you know, randomly laughing at whatever happens, you know, in the newsroom any given day, but it definitely has allowed for, 
you know, we're kind of going to get in the meeting, get out of the meeting as quick as we can and, and move on to the next thing for sure. What about you, Brian? What are you um, hoping maybe sticks around a little while? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's funny. Cassie mentioned uh, having a date night with her husband going out to a movie theater. I think this is going to be um, the beginning of the end of movie theaters. Um, maybe not the um, the multiplex, the eight, you know, 12 screen multiplex will be gone and you'll transition to more uh, smaller theaters like Sperry's um, because you're seeing more uh, uh, major releases being released on streaming services. Um, you know, stuff like the Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie, um, the new Godzilla versus Kong movie is, is um, I think they're opening both in streaming services and in theaters. But there's got to be a point where these distributors just go, what's the point in releasing it to a movie theater? Yeah, um, when they, it's so much easier just to do it for a streaming service. Well, I, I will actually counterpoint you there because okay. um, when that latest Disney movie, Raya and the Last Dragon, was released, uh-huh. so I, I, may, I made a plan and the, you know, my kids are old enough to be aware of the fact that this movie was coming out. So I assumed that because I subscribed to Disney Plus that I was going to have access to this movie. And I technically did. But then in addition to paying the monthly fee, I also had to pay like something like $29 to buy this movie. And by then I had already committed to the kids to do it, but. Right. Ooh, that one hurt. Um, (laughs) Because, because I know that you're going to say that it's a, it's the same as what you would pay in a movie theater once you count tickets and all this other stuff. But at least then I can reconcile that I'm buying the experience of going somewhere different that they don't get to go to very often. And you get the treat of popcorn and and you're surrounded with the sound. And it's, you know, it's just different. It doesn't matter how big my TV is. It's just not the same, you know. I would. I don't necessarily know this is a counterpoint, but I think it would be really cool if people stayed as excited about drive-in movies as we did during the pandemic. The, the one up in Muskegon, Cassie, what's the name of that one? That's the Getty. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. It was kind of fun to take a little bit of a step back in time. And, you know, that was your only choice. (laughs) It was either the drive-in or, or not of any movie. And it was kind of a cool thing to have a little bit of a throwback brought on by the pandemic. That was that was a fun thing that I would totally, you know, go to again, even if there were, you know, indoors movie theater options. Sometimes the, the drive-in can be more fun, especially in the summer. I hope that this helps drive-ins because I that was that was, you know, when when Brian and I were younger, that was kind of like it was the death of the drive-ins because we grew up with them. Sure. And then they kind of fell by the wayside, kind of like, you know, the the malls, the shopping malls and all that. Um and it would really be nice to kind of see that because they just hold a special place in my heart. <laughs> yeah, I'm 100% with you guys on that. Not not in that I, you know, went to drive-ins very much growing up, but when you have like young children and you're worried about them acting out or not, you know, behaving in a in a movie theater setting, it's a lot easier when you're in your own private vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's also just in general like it just feels cozier you know you can bring blankets and pillows and whatever snacks you want from home or you can get things from the concession stand um and you actually kind of get to be out in nature which is kind of fun too so i definitely think 
that that trend will stick around for a while. I do agree with Brian in that movie theaters are definitely struggling right now. Like I know a lot of the ones in our area are only open on weekends and they're, you know, they're struggling underneath the restrictions that are there. Um, But I do wonder if people, I wonder how long it's going to take for people to feel comfortable going to sit in a full theater again. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, but I, I kind of like, you know, sticking with the, with the streaming, um, you know, um, topic, we were just talking as a staff a couple weeks ago about how all of the different, um, uh, you know, cable network um, channels were coming out with their own individualized apps. And I, I, we were talking about, you know, there's gotta be like this saturation point where people aren't going to want to pay a piecemeal for just these individual things. And then somebody else said, well, eventually there's going to be this bundling service that comes out. And then I, and then I think I said, well, at some point we come full circle where we just right, are back where we were where, at that point. <laughs> yeah. Where you're just like getting a cable service or some right. sort of a satellite service. And so I, 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 I'm, I'm curious to see like what parts of like the industries that are most affected, how that whole parallel will play out. Um, because like, you know, yes, movie theaters are are struggling, but once once we get back out there, will they have this renaissance? I mean, I, I don't know. It, we saw a little bit of that with the drive-ins. I wonder if it's going to be like that in other areas too. It has been fascinating to me seeing the creative solutions people have found to this isolation. I mean, I know personally, um, my sister lives in another country. She lives in Central America. And so we have been um, playing online versions of board games together, or we've been playing, you know, trivia games over Zoom, or, um, you know, we've done some fun holiday Zooms with my family that people who wouldn't necessarily have been able to come to an in-person one, you know, due to work restraints or distance or whatever, were then actually able to join for the first time in a long time, which was really Nice. I mean, it's certainly not the same as being in the same room as them in real life, but there have been these these cool moments of inclusion and creativity and how people are um, finding those connections that I hope stick around. It, it definitely has broadened those horizons for for people that don't necessarily get to connect very often, but maybe found a little bit more during the pandemic had, you know, had it not happened. Right. All right. Well, um, just so you guys know, um, our Life After COVID series will be running the week of April 6th, um, and it will be, sorry, April 5th. (laughs) Um, We don't have have a Monday paper, so it'll start running um, April 6th, and it will run through that full week. So um, please let us know what what you guys, our readers, have, um, you know, loved and, and disliked about the pandemic. We'd love to include that. So please let us know on our various social medias. Um, and with that, I think we will call it a wrap. Until next time, I'm Audra Gamble, joined with Brian Vernellis, Cassie Leibrink, and Sarah Leach. And this has been From the Newsroom. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.